Hey everyone, we've got another VIA team member. This time we've got David. David, welcome. Hey Jeff, thank you for uh, for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for volunteering to tell everyone about yourself and what you do at VIA. So first, start us off. What is your story about how you got drawn into the freedom philosophy? Yeah, so uh, when I was a teenager, I was sort of an anarchist skateboarding punk. But I mean, that was just a fad. Uh, I mean, really looking back on it, I think I was just more contrarian to get attention from, you know, other people, I guess. But, um, you know, while I was growing up, my my parents were Reaganite Republicans. Mm -hmm. Um, They never really pushed politics on me, though. But I, yeah, I I can tell you that um, it was certain things like going to church every week, eating at the dinner table every night. You know, some of the more, um, you know, uh, socially conservative things that that we did really shaped my worldview at an early age. And um, sort of speaking to that, whenever I graduated high school, I realized there was no money in being an anarchist skateboarding punk. <laughs> so my attitude changed and, uh, you know, I, I got a real job and I, I was sort of like a the worst version of a neocon you could expect. Mm-hmm. And um, but I. I did listen to everybody's opinions. So I I was always trying to hear what other people had to say. And more and more frequently, I kept realizing hypocrisies and sort of my belief system. And I I just couldn't, it didn't sit right with me. So around 2015, I I got to sort of that breaking point. It was sort of the lead up to the 2016 election. And um, I was like, I, I do not identify as Republican anymore. I certainly don't identify as a Democrat. And that's when I had a friend introduce me to the Libertarian Party, just as a, a voting measure for 2016. But from there, it got me into libertarianism, not just the, the party itself. And I've been stuck on it ever since. Hmm. So it sounds like you had values and kind of a, a bedrock of that philosophy instilled in you. And that as you grew older, you recognized that more and more that politics was at odds with the basic morality and principles that you were taught. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that was something we uh, we did quite a bit in my house was that because my, the way that my dad worked, he, uh, you know, he was out of the house five or six days out of the week for most weeks. And so we would only get to spend a little bit of time together. But when we did, it was, it was always very engaging. We would, we would always talk ideas. It wasn't just, you know, sort of, trivialities of a father and son it was we were always talking and you know looking back I think that really helped shape a lot of you know who I I am today and kind of the political beliefs I have which is kind of ironic because I wasn't a teenager talking politics with my dad it was just normal everyday conversation that's really refreshing to see and interesting too that you ended up going a different direction you didn't just take his politics you took from him but then made it kind of your own thing yeah absolutely because we we agree on some things but there are other things that um you know if we were to discuss today i i guarantee we would not agree on but you know i would respect his opinion i know where he'd be coming from and vice versa so that's how you got involved with um, liberty as a philosophy what about voluntarism in action as an organization how did you get drawn into this Yes, funny story. It was actually from the Tom Woods show. 
Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I stopped participating in social media several years back. I realized it was just a time sink. Yeah. It, it's, there's nothing. Uh, I, I can't say nothing. I didn't have enough of a reason to find it useful at all. So I would have never found out about y'all had it not been for, I can't remember who it was, but someone went on to the Tom Wood show and, uh, and gave that presentation. Was it, was it you? I think it was me and Logan. Yeah. Both on. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So Tom had asked someone, you know, uh, y'all have, when I say do y'all, but does the organization as a whole have issues, you know, finding and, uh, keeping volunteers and, the response was sort of like, yeah, we, you know, we have a core group of volunteers, but we do see it where someone will come in and it's like a splash in the pan and then they're out. And I had already been sold on what, you know, on the prior part of the episode on what y'all were doing. I was like, well, <laughs> I'm going to show them. <laughs> I'm a volunteer and I'm going to stay there. <laughs> I'm glad you did. But so what, what did you end up doing for VIA? Because you have a, a very specific set of skills, if I may say so. Yeah, I'm a, I'm like that that British actor, uh, and taken. <laughs> um, yeah, my so my official title is a chief technology officer. Um, basically, I handle everything on the uh, not everything, but most everything on the technology side, and um, I, I work hand in hand with Logan quite a bit on uh, some of the more high level technology stuff. But um, really, I can take my my goal in the organization is really to make it more efficient on the technology side so that we can, and I I say we, but we as the organization can dedicate more resources to actually helping people. Mm -hmm. That's something that we love because every efficiency is, it makes us better able to help other people instead of burning up money and paying for more services, pay for this program, that program. So that's something that, uh, we really appreciate and the donors and the people we help. Yeah, well, in, in slippages too. It's um, like with the uh, the management side of it. You know, that wasn't something that was I think done very effectively before uh, I came on board. It was done kind of in a sporadic manner, and it just depended who was handling it. Sporadic um, like Sa- description. <laughs> yeah, like Sarah was a freaking rock star at it, but you know, others it could be real hit and miss, and so you, you don't start it you don't see how that can distract from helping other people until it actually happens. Mm-hmm. You know? so. Yeah. And I think that's one, uh, that's one of the, the traps that people fall for. Cause I think people have, most people have a desire to help other people because they don't like to see other people suffer, but it takes a certain amount of initiative of capital to actually set those things up and get it going. And the government's already there we'll just let the government do it but they not only do they remove the human from the equation but they also of course are funded by extortion and theft and uh, thereby eliminating the moral aspect of it and also the inefficiencies creep in because economically the incentives are all off but that's a topic for another day (laughs) Good. Yeah, absolutely. You could get, you could go into hours and hours of discussion with that. True, very true. But let's bring it back to you. What's your favorite program or fundraiser that Voluntarism in Action does? Um, so the hurricane relief that we did. Um, but that's sort of a, a personal 
appreciation because okay. I, I got, yeah, I mean, I got hit really hard with Ida. In fact, I don't know if you can hear some background noise, but we're about a year and a month out and um, we're finally getting construction finished on our house after Ida. Man. And um, yeah, so VIA really pushed my GoFundMe, which helped me out tremendously. Um, so like on a personal side, that is probably the one I enjoyed the most. Outside of that, you know, if I, if I didn't have a personal connection to it, um, I would have to say the urgent needs. It, um, you know, I've, I've been there where it's like you, you're kind of trapped where you feel like you don't have any place to go. And whenever we can help people in that situation, it's, I don't know, so it's something special in my heart. What's your favorite liberty-oriented piece of media, book, essay, even movie or song? Yeah, so I have two answers to this. Uh, I'm going to do a music and a book. Oh, so, wow. you know, I'm just, I'm, the, I'm that special. Like I said, I have a certain, certain set of skills. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to music, um, basically anything from the crack rock steady punk scene. So the No Cash is probably my all-time favorite band. It's, um, it's very anti-government. That's, I mean, almost to the point of aggressively <laughs> anti-government. And that's where a lot of, um, yeah, as silly as it seems, but being a teenager and, you know, as, uh, like I said, a skateboarding punk, um, a <laughs> lot of, a lot of those little seeds were planted in some of those songs I was listening to mm-hmm. out of the crack rock steady scene. Is the, is their name no cash? Is that, uh, against fiat currency or is that just a happenstance? Yeah, I believe their first album is titled run the banks or something <laughs> to that effect. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So they were very anti-fiat. <laughs> way, I mean, this is way before any kind of crypto either. This is, oh, oh man. Cool. I was probably 2001, 2002 when I first heard them. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. And then in, in terms of the uh, the other one, I'm going a, I'm to a suggest a book. And uh, that is The Richest Man in Babylon. So that one. yeah, th- this book absolutely changed my life. Um, it's almost about a decade ago. It might have been a little more, a little less. But um, I am a firm believer that um, if you truly want to be free from the state, then you have to be financially successful. And this book goes over very practical advice that literally anyone can take. And it's really helped me as an adult make sound financial decisions that aren't rocket science. So I like the sound of that. That's something we need a lot more of nowadays. And speaking of that, with the growing uh, tyranny in the world, of course, we've seen money take a dive, the government's fiat money. We've seen the COVID restrictions and all of the um, terrible things that they've been foisting on people. What are some practical things that you have tried to do to keep yourself and your family more free? Yeah, so um, to the IRS and whoever listens to this, I am definitely not doing this yes the the legal legal things (laughs) um i would certainly buy and hold cryptocurrency um owning something that makes it so difficult for the government to track that they don't want to waste their time on it is probably the best thing that you can do so um sounds just fun to do in any case (laughs) yeah (laughs) so cryptocurrency and then buying and selling and um sort of these farmer market environments where 
you know, you might not collect sales tax. You might not charge those extra days. Mm. You should. You know, you absolutely should be completely legal in that. Of course. Um, but, you know, like I said earlier, um, really to be truly free from the state, you have to be financially successful. But what good is that if the state can just come in and seize your money and assets? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, cryptocurrency in general tries to solve that problem. And um, yeah, if, if I were to rank them in order, the ones that I like to see i would have to say they are in in priority as well so um bitcoin just because it's you know very stable it's the og mm-hmm. uh, monero which is xmr and you know because of its privacy aspect and then probably the last one would be cardano just because it's pretty cool i think its symbol is ada mm-hmm. it's um it's a unique concept it's not something i would probably think of as a stable you know, stable asset, but you know, it's, it's there. And if you want to play around with it, it, it seems like the coolest thing to me. Nice. All right. Well, David, thank you so much for telling us about yourself and thank you for the work that you're doing, helping folks through VIA. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you like what we do here, please like, share, subscribe, comment, and go over to our website where you can Offer donations, request help, help us help people who are in need voluntarily. And we'll see you next time.